Welcome to part two of our live recording at the Death Parade Film Fest that was held on Saturday, December 3rd at the Prime Cinemas Theaters in Red Bluff, California. And this episode is sponsored by Left Coast Entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gents, to the Grim and Bloody Podcast. This show is a presentation of horror, thriller, and suspense, and is intended for mature audience. Join us at your own risk. All right, we're here. Death Parade Film Fest 2022, Prime Cinema's Red Bluff, Saturday, December 3rd, with Elizabeth Yoder and James Dorney, the minds behind Surprise. And we're not going to give any spoilers this is a spoiler-free episode, but I want to say that it was probably one of the preeminent films um, that came in on the, the waning hours of the submission that was open for, I think, like nine months. <laughs> and it came on like the, the second to the last day, and I had just enough space um, reserved and a couple of movies I was floating. I didn't know which one to put in, and surprise came in. I'm like, all right, guys, I need Kevin, Al, I need you guys to watch this ASAP, and they'll, they'll attest. Like, watch this in the next few hours because notifications are going to go out. It, it was that good. I pushed, everything else got pushed aside because this had to make it in. Um, the, the skill behind the camera was, was absolutely top notch. Um, the drama that unfolded, you know, again and again and again, uh, all the way to the end, which had, keeps you pretty much on your seat. Um, this was one of those films that it, you're going to want to see this if it ever becomes a feature length. This would be one of those movies that. It would, would keep you at the edge of your seat. Um, and you know, I'm heaping praise because I, I was impressed. I, I was really impressed. And to come at the, at the end was, uh, you know, I pretty much had to uh, move a few of my own mountains to, to make it in, but I, I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it, and I think the audience is gonna uh, definitely agree with me. Um, so without giving away too much, uh, let's talk about uh, your short film. Um, let's go from the, uh, the beginning, like, you know, what you guys are, you know, what, I don't want to say inspired because that sounds corny, but, but something dry, something sparked, something had to come out mm-hmm. to, for a surprise to come out. It had to come from somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, it, maybe you just woke up and you're like, oh my God, I have the best idea for a film, right? It, it came from somewhere, but tell us a little bit about um, where it came from for you. Hi everybody, I'm Elizabeth and um, I'm an alumna with Playhouse West and Playhouse West is a theater repertoire um, acting school and they also have a film lab and that's where I kind of have been birthed into this world of film and storytelling and so the original idea for Surprise, um, one of my senior thesis collaborative uh, film lab collaborators wrote the original five-page script for Surprise and at the time uh, his script got shut down by the group so it just got put on the back burner meanwhile he moves to Washington and says to the group if you ever want to do anything with the five pages feel free you have my permission if you don't don't worry about it so during the shutdown I needed to have some shits and giggles so I remembered his five-page script and He called it Surprise, a monster movie, and I always thought it was fun, snappy, and just clever. Um, And it's the part, basically, of the film where the husband is on the back patio, and he's talking on the phone with his wife, and he hears the monster, and he's trying to figure out. And um, 
so I took that five pages and developed it into 15. And I just kept thinking about, you know, who are these people and what are they up to and what does the monster represent and kept developing it. Um, and so what you see today is a, a result of all that. And at the same time, I was like, I want to do things that are shocking to me. I want to do things that are kind of role reversal. Like generally you see a lot of more naked women in films than you do men. I want to see some naked men flesh in the film. So I'm going to flip it around, flip things on their head, the traditional things that you see. I want to see the exact opposite. So I just kept finding ways to do that over and over again. and. You know, you have to see the film to see all those fun things. Muscles, yes. <laughs> so. Well, I'm sure Kevin had to uh, take a nice cold shower oh, after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I wanted to throw it out that you actually, because you, you talked about the unconventional, uh, doing things uh, you know, differently. And this is a film that also talks about human de demons, human you know, frailties and things, sexual fantasies, uh, you know, the obsession with, uh, uh, with uh, these sexual fantasies and things like that. And that's kind of, and that ties into this whole creature, you know, thing that you're talking about. I was just wondering, did you want to say something about humans' preoccupation with sex or was there any kind of undertone that you were looking for for this film? Absolutely. Um, my thing for me, um, and art is art, and this is why I've left this story a little open-ended, uh, but for me, um, is about the unexpressed desires, living with things that we really desire, but we're afraid to go out or share them with our most closest people who we might call our boyfriend or a wife or a husband, things that we hide, um, the things that we suppress. So that's what it is in this film that the, the monster can hear the unexpressed, hear the things that we're suppressing. So those things tend to consume us. Like they, they rob us of our happiness, don't they? Like if we're not being our true self, if we're not exploring or if we're not living our dreams that we want to live, though, though, at least for me, I, I can't sleep at night. I, I'm kind of miserable inside and it just is like this stone in my shoe that just won't let me have peace until I start to explore them and have them. So for me, that's what it is in a nutshell, I suppose. James, I want to bring you into the conversation. Um, I want to talk about you're the role of the executive producer. Um, I want to hear uh, your thoughts, but in the initial uh, stages of where you came in with surprise, um, I want to I want to get your your uh, your take on um, when you first saw like what was your your first impression of it, um, and uh, yeah, I, I want to. <laughs> uh oh, he's shy, folks. Oh, a few oh, words. But um, you, obviously you had a big part in this, and uh, as part of the Left Coast Entertainment, you've also stepped up and uh, provided sponsorship, and I thank you very much for that. Very much appreciative. Uh, surprised though, it, it stood out on its own two legs, um, very much so, uh, before anything else happened. Um, this film was, it was a, one of the high marks, honestly, of the festival this year. And um, I want to hear about what you think about uh, Surprise, and uh, a little bit about, because um, you guys also um, have a thing where 
you guys visit the film festivals. I mean, you are out there supporting festivals like me, um, which is deeply appreciative, like you don't know. But you guys are making the rounds, and you guys are serious when you say you're, you're out there supporting the festivals. As much as the festivals are supporting you guys, you guys are just returning the favor. You want to talk about that a little bit? So initially, I got a phone call when I was watering my trees. I grow exotic fruit trees. And we've been friends for a long time, and she says, hey, would you mind taking a look at something? I'm like, sure, what? She goes, why don't I send you the link for my film? And, you know, give me your honest thoughts about it. And all I could think of was face palm, there goes a friend. <clears throat> because most of the time, people send me stuff to take a look at, and it's always like some, something somebody shot with the, either a rent-a-cam, a cell phone, or something very, very, a camcorder, VHS camcorder, something, you know, like very, very generic. So I started watching it, and I got maybe, I don't know, a minute and a half into it, I was like, wow, this is actually like professional. And that level, the initial copy I saw compared to this is nothing alike, as far as uh, quality level. So over the course of, Five months? About five months through post-production, um, which most of the work, I mean, she's the director and writer, but she's really pretty much, well, everything. Like, the editing process, the heart, <clears throat> the heart and soul, and, uh, just listening to her speak about it and how passionate she was about it. And I don't sleep, I go to bed around 11.30, midnight, I'm up every day by 3 a.m. Seven days a week, I've been like that for a decade. I'd wake up in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and I just missed a text like 15 minutes ago from her, you know, with links or whatever. So her level of passion is really unparalleled by it. And her uh, wanting Speaking of desires, the wanting desire to finish and complete something of quality is, you know, way up there. So I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. So she then forced, uh, said, oh, I'll give you the credits for it. I'm like, well, I'm happy to just work with you as a friend, you know, I don't need any of that stuff. And uh, it ended up sticking, so I was like, all right, well, now I got to get involved for real in earnest because all the pre-planning, all the pre-production, everything was already done. I'm like, now I have to earn something. So then she was saying about the, you talk about the festivals and the Elizabeth and Jim national tour that we're on. <laughs> <clears throat> so we started submitting to a bunch of festivals and they go off of uh, the festival website. You can do genre for horror. So right. we started submitting to a lot of them. And we've been pretty much nonstop since the beginning of October. Most weekends, uh, with the exception of uh, Turkey Week, we've been busy. Um, then we're getting ready to head to New Mexico for our next project, uh, scouting locations. But as far as supporting the festivals, I think it's really important to give back no matter what it is that you're doing. You know, if we're gonna shoot somewhere, we have to give back to the community in some way, shape or form. You have to give back, whether it's a local charity, you know, bring them on to do, you know, PA stuff or whatever, you have to give back. If you're not giving back, you're not getting anything. So the festivals, there's a lot of effort and far more effort goes into it than I would ever put out. 
And um, I think the way to properly thank the people for their effort so we can show up and have other people look at our work is to show up for them right. and support them, their, whatever, if they have a 501 or such as yourself with the podcast, to sponsor the podcast, your festival, you know, on an ongoing basis. I think it's important to grow the family as opposed to, you know, be the standout of the family. Because right. the bigger your surroundings are, the bigger you become. Now, <clears throat> if you don't mind, I didn't ask. I had questions. <laughs> the the lead-in intro and outro on your film uh, felt very reminiscent of Twilight Zone to me. Was that intentional? I mean, let's face it. We're all the right age where that's had an indelible mark on our psyches and. Uh, if, if someone came up to me one day and said, oh, gee, you feel like Rod Serling, I'd be, I would so totally love that. It's never going to happen. Maybe two Rod Serlings, but not one. Uh, <laughs> but were, was that what you were going for? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone. I just loved all of those films. And also, of course, Alfred Hitchcock. You know, that... Um, I felt like it needed that element to tie together because a lot of there's a lot of hints when you watch the film you have to look at wardrobe you have to really pay attention to things because I'm not spoon feeding you and telling you what the story is or what the monster wait I, I want you to be like your mind kind of doing backflips like wait what happened I need to go back and watch this again to get those clues to figure out how the monster comes together and how the story comes together and how it all makes sense but it's all there and it makes sense but you have to you have to excavate it but then the narration does help to tie it together a little bit um, but it's talked about and he talks more in um, you know uh, not directly about the monster but you know, if it's this or is it that, you know, the things that we do is um, how it can impact. And so you really have to listen to the narration and then apply it to the story. Um, so you, get to, you know, use a little of your own intelligence to figure it out. So I find that to be a little bit more because I also love mysteries. So I want it to be a, a mystery as well. But the clues are all there. Yeah, I was thinking your, your friend here has... Um such a, a uh, streetwise feel to him. Yes. I can just hear him doing the intro and outro here. These, this loser over here <laughs> thinks he knows what he's doing, but he's going to die horribly. Yeah, you. I can see you doing that totally. Be, that could be fun for the next one. So. Yeah, the language might be a little rough. <laughs> yes, the language might be a little rough, as he says. Kevin, did you have one? Did you have one? There you go. Well, I, I, looking at it, was just piggybacking on what Anthony was saying earlier um, about the uh, the uh, how this film uh, has just hung around and hung around and been uh, uh, and showing up at you know festival after festival do you think that there was I mean it would seem to me that uh, maybe there's a, a feeling of that this kind of story still needs to be told uh, that this is a kind of that, that that audiences relate to this kind of story. Did you see that? The, are you seeing now that there's a market for this? Jim's the market guy. 
Well, <clears throat> without getting too much into it, there's been more than one person that have asked is it going to be turned into a full-length feature. Um, I think it's very easy to do. I think it's um, a sustainable feature that you can easily watch for 90 minutes, 100 minutes. Um, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense because the story's already there. It's easy to extrapolate something that's existing and create from scratch. So I think I would not be surprised <laughs> if that happens. Yeah, I think that's the biggest compliment, I think, for a short film. When audiences and multiple festivals, people have said, all right, we want to know more. It leaves us wanting more. We want to know more about these characters. Are you going to make a feature? So that is the biggest compliment, of, you know, for sure. And it's been more than one person and more than one festival. It's more than one person and more than one festival where that has occurred. You know, several, actually. Maybe three of them, I think. So three different festivals and multiple people at them. Now, without giving anything away, um, we have our main characters, and then we have um, something else that shows up in the movie. Um, and you don't really explain where it comes from. Did you leave that open so that you have that for the, the feature length that we hope to see this made into? <laughs> well, um, one of my mentors has said that short films ask questions, feature films answers them. So that was, you know, there's so much time that you have in 14 minutes to tell the story. Um, so yeah, it doesn't tell, it's not an origin story for the monster, but that could be something that was answered in the feature. And I'm sure I speak for all of us when I say, we are so happy you didn't use CG. That was a, a wonderful use of practical effects that look great. Absolutely. It was exactly the right amount of what it was for what it was. So, uh, as I've often said, my biggest insult to someone is that your CG looks like it belongs on the Sci-Fi Channel. So, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to our makeup artist, um, Jay. She did a wonderful job. Um, we reached out to a local uh, makeup school um, and put up a posting for any other senior uh, makeup artist or students who had graduated for special effects makeup and I met with her and talked about the monster what kind of monster we wanted she also did the makeup on um, our two main uh, leads and their transformation as well so she does both of the beauty makeup as well as the transformation makeup and then all the the blood and guts and all that she made all of those that stuff and then Yes, and then it comes down to having somebody who's on the camera, who's not afraid for of movement, um, and, and being able to be intuitive in the moment. Because there's things that you play for, that you plan for, and then there's the actual day of the filming and being present on the day of the set. He did some things we hadn't talked about, and he was like, no, I'm just feeling like this is how everything is working together, as the actors are here and we're in the moment, and his, so his camera work, and then edits can make or break a film you know you can really make great footage look horrible and you can make horrible look footage look a little better if you know if you get have a good editing and that comes all with timing and just an eye for it and the story and what serves the best I notice you keep wanting to <laughs> I just I just wanted to echo what Al was saying with that uh, with very few exceptions we much prefer practical effects 
and uh, I I would want to uh, uh, ask you and maybe add uh, that it takes something it takes actors requiring a certain willingness to have the makeup applied to them to be put through uh, having to wear latex applications having to wear uh, you know uh, sometimes scary teeth uh, and to still pull off the performance that they do in this particular uh, film that both actors do and I so I give kudos to uh, uh, to your game cast as well as your makeup artist and I wonder you know too how even in a short film how long does the makeup process take from conceiving of the uh, uh, of the the, the applications themselves to actually applying it to the actors. So after we posted up the request for a makeup artist, um, we had a couple apply and then I did some Zoom calls and presented the concepts and they both went away and said, okay, let's see what they come back with. And Jay was definitely the front runner. Um, and so once she came on board, then uh, she worked with me and I sent her examples of things like she was going full out like and it was just it was too much it was another it was more like an alien type thing and I wanted it to be more like a zombie or walking dead um, it's like the it's just a hint of it and that sort of thing so I'm a former makeup artist as well so I know all about shadowing and highlighting and all this stuff so I could speak the language really well with her um, and then also by using examples of uh, videos and video, we got it we got it dialed in so th we shot actually 11 evenings for the whole film um, we left all of the blood and gore things until the end um, and then there was uh, a couple, we, we, because we were shooting at everybody's time, we had about one night a week where we could film. Uh, and we did it over a course of six months, even those 11 nights took over six months because we had our cinematographer as a cyclist, he broke his collarbone. So we were out for six weeks um, and then uh, we had to take a break for six weeks. We were back one week. And then our main lean actor, Garrison, pulled his shoulder out of socket as a, he's a boxer wrestler. And he's like, oh, my mind is stronger than my body. I didn't want to tap out, but I should have. So we had to take another break for him to recover as well. But then, um, so we did the, the fitting of the, of the teeth and the prosthetics. We did that on a previous week where we didn't have any special effects and we left all the special effects shots because the one scene there's the moment up to when the transformation happens it's just normal makeup and then suddenly then the next shot is you see what you see you know spoilers so right you gotta be here um, so we had we left all of that then for the next week um, it took the makeup artist about two hours um, to transform so we would and actually we did the the monster shots uh, we did uh, Garrison's coverage on one week and so he, it was about two hours in makeup but then we had about four hours to film and then the next week we got back um, and it, it took longer to do Hazel's we were having issues with her teeth staying in and they were hurting her gums um, 
and they were falling out during the performances and stuff. So it was a lot of uh, some challenges more with hers um, for whatever reason it is. But those are just things you have to work with and keep moving forward. So all, in all, we shot 11 evenings. Most of the evenings we start around 8 o'clock to film because by every time everybody's scheduled, plus it takes place at night. So we would then shoot, um, and we didn't want to work long hours because everybody had to do like regular work the next day. So by 12, 1 o'clock we're wrapped and everybody's headed home. And then there was the, there's one where we shot during um, sunset, the golden hour. So we did get together that day around 4 o'clock to be ready to start shooting around 5.30 as the sun is setting. Yeah, so that, there was one more of an eight hour day, that one. So what you're saying is that people die working for you. <laughs> They're trying to sell things. What? Get the last question. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. So people are getting hurt around you. So I remember to be careful. But you know, it may have taken you a long time to get the movie done. But at least you were faster than Equinox. I think that took ten years. So feel good for that. Yeah. Now hand over. There you go. Thank you. Um, in wrapping up, I want to know what's next for Elizabeth the other and James Doney. What's around the corner? What's on the horizon? Would you? Where are you going to Mexico for? <laughs> I know you, you're still on the tour, but after that. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't give away too much, but we're in development on a feature, um, and I'm going to go ahead and pass it on over to James. So <laughs> that's all you get. Um, well, I'll say I hope that we start shooting somewhere mid mid to the second half of April, wrap up before Memorial Day, God willing, and then. Uh, Hopefully, no more than four months of post-production. Um, we have a couple of other... Uh, I like you busy. Oh, well, I'm just laughing because four months of post-production, that's what I spent for this 14-minute film. But I get obsessive when I'm working on a film. Like uh, I guarantee you, we're not using you for the post-production. <laughs> <clears throat> and that's something that most people don't realize, that Elizabeth did... 90% of the post-production work herself, she's self-taught, like, look at the final result. I mean, she taught herself that. And when I saw that, that's why I was like, you know what, anyone that's, and I mean this with all due respect, anyone that's dumb enough to waste their time to learn something to that level is somebody worth getting involved with, <laughs> you know? Because I'm not stupid, you know? So, but, you know, Going forward, we'll use regular production studios. We'll make sure it all goes on a timely basis. Okay, so the other 10% of the post-production was actually huge. I, I can't say that I did 90%. I, I, maybe I did... Okay, so first, after we shot every week, um, I would put together and edit the scenes from what we shot but then at the end of wrapping everything, I, I was a little overwhelmed, so I gave my editing mentor about two weeks to put everything together on one timeline. He put together a very epic drama. It's a much different version of this film than what we saw, but that really helped me, so there was that. And then once I got my 14 minutes crafted and how I wanted it and sculpted, 
I handed off my post-production to Anthony with A7 Audio, um, sent everything up to him. He cleaned everything up because I'm not an audio person and I was just throwing sound effects and everything like spaghetti at the wall, you know. So he really helped to craft the audio, something that I, I learned a lot just even from the process. I was like, oh, okay. And you see how he had much a much lighter touch to it. Um, and then I, when I got it back, um, he had suggested some other music. I was like, no, 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 not that music. We're going back to my music. But then he had been booked on PBS um, to do editing for them for the next six months. And then I um, just want to shout out to Mark and Rebecca who did the final two passes and they did two all-nighters to do a final pass of the audio uh, again with my music back and I had to go back in and did put some things back in with sound effects so they did two two all-nighters they stayed up to like two three in the morning uh, you know because we were on a crunch for a thing too so there was that two final that I could not have done that they got the level of audio that was there that was so key and so important important and then um, a shout out to our cinematographer Paul Allen who was able he knows you know is really great with composition and that sort of thing he was able to do the basic color correction on it but then I went back in and I put on um, more of a look a film look to it that I added to what he had already done so I would a film is not by far something that one does by its themselves it does take a tribe and I just appreciate everybody who were a part of this film to make it happen and Jim of course uh, for him coming and being able to sponsor the film festival that's the reason why I'm even here is because of left coast entertainment and now our partnership from it I'm just so blessed and so grateful for everything and that I get to do what I love and for a partner like Jim uh, and Left Coast Entertainment to you know take it to the next tech, take it to the next level so I'm excited stay tuned stay tuned and we will you see what goes into a quality short film everyone that's the kind of level of detail uh, that impressed me and uh, impressed the team here uh, we couldn't be more grateful to screen your film uh, thank you for sending it in uh, and, and thank you for uh, coming out up here to uh, Reading and Red Bluff. I uh, hope you guys uh, saw some sights. I know we enjoyed a pretty cool dinner yesterday, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking with you guys. Yeah. Yesterday was a great day from the time we got up to the time we called it a day. We, you know, we went up to uh, Mount Shasta, we went by the caverns, and it was just ridiculously relaxing and you know, being in Southern California, you don't get a lot of snow. So, you know, up at Mount Shasta, we saw that. So it was very, it was very, very nice. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> I was so worn out by the end of the trip. On the drive home, I kept falling asleep, and I'd wake up, and I'd see the trees. How could I be asleep? And I'd just, I'd just be like, gorgeous. One word, gorgeous. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Let's well, show everyone. I'll give it to Al so he can uh, take us out. Thank you, Anthony. And that's the Grim and Bloody Podcast. Remember, watch horror films. Keep America strong. <laughs>